to the Communion Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Ramonita. Communion is all about relationships over religion. Relationship with Christ, with ourselves, and with one another. And in a culture that seems so divisive, we're cultivating a community of truth seekers from all walks of life. So whether you have faith, no faith, or you have walked away from the church, you are welcome here. We are inviting guests to share personal stories, wrestle with questions, and rebuild bridges with those that may think differently, all in order to be reconciled with God, self, and others, as it is in heaven. So let's get started. Let the reconciliation begin. want to keep you guys you know mixing it up keep you on the edge of your of your toes how how's she gonna say it this week (laughs) that part right there that part we're back with another one and another one and my one bites the dust i was kind of going for dj collin but that works too (laughs) (laughs) that just tells you the difference between us i don't even know who sings the song i just sang but okay um we're back. We just had an awesome episode with Mark. I'm so grateful for him. I am so grateful for his authenticity and his willingness to just share it all and bear it all. And what an incredible um, testimony of God's faithfulness in the midst of that. So thanks, T, for introducing Mark. Yeah, of course. I mean... He's definitely somebody that I've gotten to walk alongside through multiple seasons of life and to see the growth and the evolution um, that has happened in his life as he's drawn closer to God has been so beautiful, so inspiring. And I was just so thankful. And, And it's where I continue to be thankful that God has given us this platform to invite the people that we are inspired by in our own walks to share their stories with such vulnerability, such clarity, um, such wisdom, and giving that gift to this community and all of our listeners. And so um, it's been dope to to invite our love, our close loved ones, friends and family uh, on this journey to to really just pour in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and there's more incredible friends and family coming your way, guys. So hang on tight. But today's episode was inspired by, honestly, Mark's story and the theme that we heard coming out. And a lot of what we heard in Mark's story was the, honestly, the lies that we believe about ourselves and how much when we are able to say what we're believing about ourselves, whether it's because of a lie that we've always believed about ourselves, whether it's been a lie that's been inflicted um, upon us that we started to believe about ourselves and we operate out of that, it starts to lose its power in the telling of it. And so today that's what we're going to talk about is the lies we believe 
and what it looks like to to live in freedom. And I think a lot of that came out in Mark's story and in his episode in the last episode. So really excited about that and jumping into that. Um, so yeah, let, let, let's dive into this episode and the lies that we believe. Because I don't know about you, T, but I've believed some lies over my lifetime. Yeah, girl. I I mean, for sure. If you've been rocking with us for a while, you know that we ended season one by going through a book that was really important to us called The Cure by this organization called True Face. And we talked about the masks we wear and the lies we believe about ourselves. What I think was so incredible about Mark telling his story was how the lies he believed about himself impacted the relationships and the lies he was telling to the people around him and how once he if you will confess then i joke like okay we're not on a confessional or like okay you know white collar black robe like sitting in a little booth but once (laughs) he really felt (laughs) once he really felt like the the conviction where he could no longer stay prison to the lies that he believed nor the lies that he was telling others true forgiveness came because yeah when we believe a lie i believe a lie is like a spider web if you will one lie leads to another lie leads to another lie leads to another lie so much so that we walk ourselves so far from the truth that we don't know the truth anymore the truth about who we are the truth about what god says we just we just get so far from it and what I think was so apparent in Mark's episode and, and where I really want to just um, address this and go a little bit deeper is when we release those lies, whether it's speaking the truth out loud, whether it's confessing things to God in our prayers, whatever that looks like for you, not to sound too scary or Christian-y, but like when we speak the truth about the lies that are holding us hostage, the lies that are imprisoning us, there is a process that begins to happen first in we are able to forgive ourselves i think that's a big one right we asked mark that question on his episode of you know you ask everybody else for forgiveness but do you forgive yourself and that's one of the hardest ones to do but then to believe that we're forgiven by God. And if yeah. God can forgive us, how can we not forgive ourselves? And then yeah. there's that outward facing forgiveness for whoever it is that we may have lied to or brought or brought into the web of our lives. And so I think there's just this beautiful thing when we talk about reconciliation, but this forgiveness process of throwing off the lies in order to begin that healing, begin that journey that needs to happen. Mm, absolutely. No, that's that's such a good point because not only is it forgiving people in our life that have hurt us. I mean, once again, going back to Mark, like that pastor, he had to forgive him. Like Mark would have lived in this prison of unforgiveness and what had happened with him in that in his story with with that person that he really trusted who erodes his trust. If, if that forgiveness didn't happen, it would have held Mark still in this place of, of bondage and hurt and all of those things. But then it was also like the decisions that, like you're saying, that we make in our own life and forgiving those things too. And I think so much of Christian, Christian culture, and I'm just going to be real about it, and, and growing up, 
was this culture that like a sin is a sin is a sin. And if you mess up, gosh, like you really got to work hard to earn God's love again. And that could not be further from the truth. And if we actually believe that what Christ did on the cross and coming back and resurrecting from the dead, by the way, something that no one else has done before, if we believe that that was like for good, then that means any decision that we make in our life is also like forgiven, like so quickly. And that God always wants us to live into that abundant life. But, you know, one of the ways that I've experienced forgiveness the most, honestly, is by inviting other people into my story. The, the role that other people play in my story is so, so important because when I isolate myself and I believe a lie, then I wear a mask. Like we've talked about last season and only my mask receives love. When I isolate and I try to tackle whatever's going on in my life and the lie that I'm believing by myself, I don't succeed very well. But yeah. when I invite people into my story who can point out, oh, this is like big. Other people have pointed out the lies I'm believing sometimes long before I even knew I was believing a lie. And so inviting people into our story is so important. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I want to take it back to the garden first and foremost, right? Like, because I think when I look at Adam and Eve in the garden, the first thing they did when they ate the fruit was to hide. Yeah. They hid. They stood naked and ashamed. That's a, such a natural response for us is to hide, to run into isolation, to um, think that we can escape God even, that we can hide from God because we allow that sin, that shame to just fill us. And that goes back to the first sin that was ever committed. So when we live out, a sin we know that how we're not supposed to be living you know and that looks different for everybody else everybody else got their own convictions and how they like to live their life so not saying one sin is more than the other but i do believe that the first um the first response is to hide it's to yeah. hide it's to run yeah. it's to run away from people and not want to speak that truth out loud i think that's because of similar to what you said e there's that a sin is a sin is a sin, right? Meaning, all right, you committed your sin, earn your way back. But I think the other thing that happens is we believe that by hiding our sin, we won't lose the love. Yeah. And I would say in times where I maybe acted in a way that I don't think would have made God proud or I might have made decisions that I knew I was I shouldn't have been making. I think that the hiding, the shame, the isolation, the lie, whatever it is, the manipulation, it, it can manifest in so many different ways, is all in an effort not to lose love. And in actuality, those are the very things that could cost us love at, at times, you know? People, we could push people away. It's the thing that could sever relationships. And unlike people... God, to your point, loves us so much, like to the point where while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like he gave sacrificial love, unconditional love, everlasting love, eternal life in so many ways. And so um, I think it starts there. It starts 
with us throwing off the lie that when we sin, we are unlovable or we are no longer loved. And until we can believe that despite our sin, we are loved, we can't walk in truth with ourselves, which inevitably doesn't allow us to walk in truth with others. And until, to your point, we can get to that space, we can't be held accountable. I think that's a big one. When we share our truth with God, when we share our truth with others, we open up ourselves to walk with other people and to allow them to hold us accountable so that we don't go back to those places. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have people or instances where people have walked alongside you and helped highlight lies in your life that maybe you were believing? You know, T, something that you and I have talked a lot about in our friendship has been just the lie that we're washed up. Like that when we became moms and we felt like we had to take a step back from our careers and what we love to do and what we put a ton of our our energy and our time into, that we believe this lie that we're washed up. And even like us doing this podcast has been us combating that lie. Us choosing to like dive into this is us combating that lie because so much of it can feel like imposter syndrome. And I think, honestly, you've been a person in my life that has reminded me of the lies that I'm believing because we, in that accountability with one another, we don't let each other believe that lie. And there's been so many times and so many conversations. Y'all don't even know. Titi and I record these podcasts, but I don't think there's anyone in my life I talk to more than Titi. We are talking like five days a week, sometimes seven. And a lot of it is us literally just being fr- friends because we're legitimately friends. We're not just like co-hosts with each other. And so many times we're on the on the phone with each other and we're calling each other out for the lies that we're still believing about ourselves. And I don't even understand or I'm aware or conscious of a lie that I'm believing until trusted people like UT step into my world and say, hey, hey, no, 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 E, that's not true. And I think that's what Christ has called us to do. I think what you were just saying about like just the ways that we believe about ourselves and um, yeah, just that that rhetoric that we've talked about of, of Christianity that maybe in the past has said like, oh, you're super messed up. If you sin, you better go repent. Honestly, all of that boils back to the need for control. And you talked about the garden and what that made me think about was in the garden, things were as they were supposed to be. And when Adam and Eve made the decision, and yes, it was a mutual decision, just so you know, but when Adam and Eve made that decision, we have spent the rest of humanity trying to get back to that, to the reality of we, and we crave that all would be made right again. And so we seek control for the rest of our life because we're so in need of feeling like all is made right again. And so when we're trying to control and modify our behavior or hide things like Amini did, hide things under the table, you know, have big secrets in our life, 
what all that's revealing to us is, man, we are longing for a reality where all things are made right. Yeah. And we will crave anything. And this is another episode that we'll, we'll have, I'm sure, down the road, the, the topic of control. So I won't dive super deep into it. But just that idea that it's a, an illusion, that God has always been in control. And the lies sometimes that we believe is come as a, a result of us trying to control things that God never said for us to control in our life. It's the exact reason why we weren't supposed to eat the fruit, right? It's because we were never supposed to play God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think because we live in these false identities, these false lies that, that we believe about ourselves, I think the question becomes then how do we how do we get out of those? Because yeah, oftentimes we stay there because we don't. We feel so entangled in them that we don't know how to get out of that web of lies. We don't know what truth is anymore. And I really, really believe for me, I guess I can say, especially even as you were given the example of feeling washed up or how I say it is like, like I'm on a bench. Like I am not meant to be on a bench. Put me in a game, coach. Give me yeah. the shot. Give me the ball. Yeah. Like I hate it's that. It's cool. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, that during that that time of feeling like I was washed up or, you know, whatever, I talk about um this uh concept that that I found in the Bible actually, where I was really feeling like in this in this um season and my pastor just kicked off this series called Breaking the Cycle and he preaches from Romans 12 and he's talking about this renewing of your mind. And as I sat there and I listened to the sermon, I had to ask myself, like, where does my mind need to be renewed? And I will say that I feel like in that season, I almost filled it with so many lies that it started to almost make me a martyr or a victim, if you will, or feeling like, to your point, like washed up, like, okay, what what else do I have to offer? What do I have to get? And I will say that when I was listening to that and I was talking about renewing your mind, I was reminded to go back to the word. God had given me a word a couple of weeks ago that I talked about from um, uh, Mark 5, 39, where he's talking to Jairus, the synagogue leader's daughter. When he walks into the house, you know, Jairus had come to him and said, hey, uh, my daughter, my daughter's dying. Please come to the house. He gets to the house. All this commotion's happening. And Jesus walks in like, she's not dead. She's just asleep. And then says to the girl, Talita Kum, like, little girl, arise. And I had to remember that, like, arise, like, stand up. But what that told yeah. me when I went to that specifically, and I talked about that on Instagram, not to, to continue to reiterate that. But when I what I realized there was that only by getting in God's word and literally filling my life with the truth of what God says, could I replace the lies? I, you know, was looking this up and like, you know, in John, I believe 8, 31 and 32, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. That's been a line that people have said forever. I thought it was just like one of those euphemisms that people just say. I didn't know, you know, until I've gotten into my word that that is biblical. The truth will set us free. But whose truth? God's truth. And the only way that we can combat the lies about ourselves is understanding the teachings of Jesus, understanding God's word, and really replacing 
those lies with what God says to be true. I mean, y'all open that book. It is beautiful. The things God says about us and to us, you would know that you are forgiven, that you are free, that you are not beholden to your sin. When you look and he calls you beloved, when he calls you my children, when he calls you my friend and so on and so forth. So to me, I think there's this power in replacing those lies with God's word, which is the truth. Yeah, I back now. I ha- I have to say something about that T because you're not wrong. But one of the things that I was thinking about when it comes to like God's truth and replacing those lies with God's tr- God's truth is, and you and I have very different upbringings, and we've talked about that before. Like, you know, I grew up in a in church, and I grew up specifically in a church that told me what God's truth was, right? I wasn't like encouraged to read the Bible. That's why it was so important. Like if you want to know what Jesus is like and how he moves and how he breathes and what his character is, read the Bible for yourself. Don't go and ask someone else to tell you it. Read it for yourself and how important that was. But that was never taught to me. And, uh, you know, TT and I are starting these communion gatherings. That's what communion is all about. And we were talking in our communion gathering yesterday the one we have in Florida, about how often we believe things because we were told that that was the truth. So it's not even like a lie that we just believe about ourselves, but sometimes people can lie to us about what God thinks about us. I mean, that's what we're getting to. And so many, for so many years, there are so many lies I believed about the character of God that influenced even who I thought God to be and and influenced how I believe God saw me because of the lies I believed that were coming from people who I was supposed to trust in my life. What you just said is so important because reading the truth of God's word for ourselves is so much more important than than just taking someone's word for it. I'm not saying that there's voices that God doesn't put in our life. He does. But test it. Test the voices and and the things that people are claiming to be true. Test that. That's so good, E. And I love that. It's like any relationship, right? Like if I wanted to be friends with God, I wouldn't be like, E, here, can you tell God I said this? Or E, tell me what God said. Like, that's not a relationship. That's telephone. Like, yeah, girl. You have totally. I'm dependent on the relationship that you have with God for to for yeah. me to do something. It's almost like because you're uh, friends with him, by me associating with you, I must be down with him too. Like it's not that transitive property. Uh-huh. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I love what you said about getting the word yourself. When we started communion, I've talked about this a lot on season one. Y'all know mm-hmm. if you've been with us that I came in ans- asking two questions. Who is God and who does he say I am? And I can honestly say until I decided to go meet God for myself, I had a skewed perspective. I was projecting other characteristics on him from people I knew that I thought should be godly, aka the father, right? I I was seeking for answers about who I am in so many places that were never going to tell me the truth about who I am or yeah. any of that. And because of I was seeking it from all these other places, I had a skewed um, vision of myself. I with, had false expectations of myself. I had this incredible pressure that I felt I had to live up to this image yeah. that 
I thought I should, I should be, should, the shoulds, y'all, the shoulds. And it wasn't until I got in here and I started to read the words, interpret the words, pray over them, invite God into the conversations here and learn it for myself ask questions for myself, seek deeper understanding that I could, that I could really understand. So I love that you, that you talk about, like, it can't be through telephone. It can't be by association. It can't be relying on somebody else. Like we got to do the work. That is what relationships are about. They are putting in the work. They are investing. And yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way we're going to know the truth. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, and then on a psychological level, and this is something that I, I learned years ago, just honestly through therapy. You know, every time we tell ourselves something, it carves a path in our brain. It carves a pathway in our brain. So if I was to tell myself every single day, Aaron, you are fat, then I'm carving each time I, I say that to myself or I think that I am carving a deeper and deeper path of belief of that lie. The only way to replace that lie is to replace it with the truth. And when that when that lie comes through my brain, to replace it, to counteract it with a truth, so that eventually that the, the path of that truth is a deeper path in our brains. And our brain immediately, as soon as it goes, I like picture it like a fork in the road. As soon as we have that thought, instead of it going down, it reverts back and it goes down the path of truth. And that I don't know about for you guys, maybe I'm like such a dork, but that was such huge information. And I really do picture that. I see that in my kids. Like when one of my kids says something that is not true about themselves, do you know what I do? I say, tell me three things that are true about you. My oldest son will say, I'm not good at basketball. And I will stop him right there. And I will say, tell me three things that are true about you. And he has to tell me in that moment three things that are true. Because each time he says a lie, I want the path of truth to be so much deeper in his brain than the path of that lie that he keeps speaking over himself. And I think that's not just for kids. I have to do that for myself. And God does that for us, E. Yes. That's what God does for us. That's what God wants for us. Like the way that we want that for our kids, don't we think God wants that for us too? Exactly. Exactly. It's why he reiterates it so many times in the Bible in so many different ways. Like, I mean, there's verses upon verses where it just speaks truth in us and over us yeah. and about us. And so, yeah, I mean, God's word is delight, delight over us all the time. And if somebody says something, oh, if someone says something mean about my babies or honestly, your babies or any of my my people's babies, I am ready to like go back to bat, head to head with those people in my life. Like, he is a little gangster. Uh, just, I, just. <laughs> I, yeah, straight up. Um, but I'm like ready to go in on those people because I'm protective of those people. And yet you're so right. Is that how God thinks about us? That he created us in his image. It's why, honestly, this is not like new news, but I've struggled so much with church. I'm, I, I'm like so transparent about that because there's some hurt in my heart that I am working through with the Lord and I am actively pursuing that. But that's the reason that it is so hurtful is because for so long I have watched these lies be perpetuated a lot of times by, by Christians in my life. Instead of replacing things and speaking the truth about who 
people are, they focus on the sin. Oh, well, that person's gay. Instead of that person's made in the image of God. Man, speaking that truth over their life versus just only focusing on the thing that is defined as, as a sin. And last time I checked, Jesus didn't spend his time walking around the streets just focusing on people's sin. He got to know their story. He spent time with them. He loved them. He reminded them who they are. He did not spend the majority of his time talking to them about what they did wrong. He spent the bulk of his time, if not all of his time, telling them who they are. And yet that has been my experience. And I'm not trying to make a blanket statement over all church. I believe in the body of Christ. Do not get me wrong. But that has been a really hard experience for me. I have watched so many people walk away from faith because instead of being told who they are in Christ, they were told how they've messed up and are disappointing Christ. Mm. Makes me mad. That's hard. That's hard. And, and I think it just takes me back to one of my favorite parables in the Bible where there's this man who owes the king money and it's an amount he would never be able to pay back. I'm not going to quote specific job because. I'm not trying to be somebody that fills y'all with lies. <clears throat> but he owes the king the money and the king forgives him of his debt. He then goes on the street, sees somebody that owes him money and like tries to throw him in jail and stuff. And it's like, wait, yeah. what? Like that's our that's our life. Like how dare we? How dare we judge somebody else for their sin? When we're walking around with it by ourselves, he says, before yeah. you judge the speck of your brother's eye, take the log out your own. And I think yeah. that is a big one is like, we need to know that forgiveness is available to us. We are the man that owed the king debt. And yet our forgiveness was forgiven. And by us accepting that forgiveness and believing we are forgiven, that teaches us how to forgive. That teaches us how to extend grace. That teaches us how to extend mercy. If we can see people that, quote unquote, are sinners, we all yeah. are, y'all. Sorry, reality check. <laughs> but if we can see somebody sin or whatever we want to call the thing, we have a choice. For Like, forgiveness is a choice. It is. And it's a process. And sometimes it's a choice that has to happen over and over and over again. But forgiveness is a choice and we have an opportunity to choose forgiveness. And in the moments when we ch choose not to forgive, we are devoiding what we've already received. We receive yeah. undeserved forgiveness, undeserved mercy, undeserved grace. It is our job to extend that as well. Like who are we to judge when we got our own, our own mess? And I think when we understand that we are forgiven and when we believe we are forgiven, we can yeah. also extend that to people as well. That's good, T. So can I ask you an honest question since we are communion and we like to be honest? Bring it. What is a lie that you're believing right now that you need to replace with truth? Ooh. Don't worry, I'll answer too, sis. I thought you were going to ask me y'all supper club icebreaker question for those that y'all that don't know, <laughs> in the first summer club, Aaron's husband, J.O., used to ask this icebreaker question. It was not for real, but he used to be like, you walk in and he's like, okay, icebreaker question. Well, I walked in late because I'm always late. And I walk in and he goes, 
Okay, T, so here, icebreaker question so everybody gets to know you. So what's your greatest sin? And I was like, ooh, uh, you hey, want my I love list or no? <laughs> So and can I just set the record straight? Can I set the record straight on that real quick? John did not make up that joke. That's my that's my party. John has very few jokes in his life, and he took one of mine. And I have pulled that on so many people. So I hope that there are more people who don't listen to this episode just so I can keep pulling that joke. Because the reaction of people in the room is the funniest thing in the whole world when you ask that question, especially in a room full of strangers. You guys try it sometime. It's very funny. <laughs> and then it's really funny when someone tries to tell you things that you're serious and they start to try to tell you. You're like, no, 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 I'm just joking. Please don't. Anyway, I, thought, I was like, y'all ready? Y'all got time? Sit down. Have a seat. Like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, y'all, I'm a mess. But anyways, uh, <laughs> what's a lie? That's good, Eve. What is a lie that I'm believing that I need to trade out with my truth? I have been wrestling with a lie that I'm too much. That's been one that I, going back to the hiding, I often find myself t- trying to shrink myself. Um, and when I think about the truth, and I think about filling my life with words, again, being in the Gospels right now, in Matthew 5, it says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Like, when like oh, darkness cannot overcome light. And I just think about, like, God gave me a light, gave me a light to shine. And I've been working so hard to dim it at times because I felt like it could intimidate people or it didn't create space for others or it was too bright and could blind people, I guess, if you will. And by being in the word, I started to replace that lie. And the what that looks like for me is um, thinking about my light differently. When you talk about that fork in the road or carving a new path, rather than thinking that my light blinds people what if it illuminated people what if instead it allowed um, other people to reflect that light and then that light bounced off them and reflected to someone else and someone else and so I had to stop thinking of light as a bad thing or being too much or too bright or shining too brightly so that I felt like my efforts were so focused on dimming them and instead, allowing my light to shine brightly so I'm not hiding, but that I'm able to bring out the light in others. So I would say that's my lie. What about you? Yeah. First of all, T, that's incredible and beautiful to hear you say that. And I love, honestly, to ask questions like that because I think when we ask friends in our lives questions like that, it helps us, one, know how to combat alongside them against that lie that that person's believing in their life and to remind them of the truth. Um, and two, because there's freedom on the other side of it. Once again, we said in the beginning of the episode, like there's power in the telling. When we say out loud a lie that we're believing, it loses that much more power um, because it's it's confessed, right? It's It's come out of us. And now the enemy doesn't get to hold that and just keep whispering in our ear, Yes, you're this. You're you're not enough. You're not enough. I would say the lie that I'm believing right now, unfortunately, has been the lie that I I 
as long as I can remember, I've believed and it comes, it wears different masks all the time, all the time. But it always comes back to this. And that is people don't really like you. People don't really like me. And I am, I can get so boggled down and I can become so uh, like, um, convinced that a certain group of people don't like me that I miss out on all these amazing other people who not only like me, but they love me and they adore me. I don't know if you remember this T, but there was this analogy that I had years ago. Um, a, a friend and I had gotten in a, a bit of an argument and I remember I was sitting in this chair at this little ice cream place that was near our house in Oregon. And I was just staring up at this hill and there was all these trees on this hill. And then just in one little barren spot, there was one tree and the tree looked like it was kind of dying, but right next to it, probably like 20 feet over from it was just a whole forest of like beautiful, lush, green and growing trees. And I remember like so, so specifically the Lord, like calling that tree to my attention, the one that was dying and saying, you're so focused on this one relationship that feels like it's dying. You're so focused on that one group of people who don't like you, that you're not their cup of tea. And yet I've given you all these other people who love you and adore you and, and see who you are and see the truth of who you are and believe in who God, who I say you are. And yet you're so worried about this person that's simply believing a lie about you because it it's what they want to believe about you. It doesn't even mean it's true, but they believe it because they are choosing to want to believe that lie about you. And yet you're so focused on that, that it consumes you. And I'm being like real talk 2024. That is my like Achilles heel. Like I get so worried and so boggled down by the crowd who don't like me because they're choosing to believe something about me. That's not true. And I forget about all the people that God has set in my life that are my champions that are reminding me every day how God sees me. So that would be mine. Just being honest. I love that though, E, because there's a shifting of your gaze, <clears throat> not focusing yeah. on the scarcity or the lack thereof, but focusing on the abundance and what you yeah. do have. It's not focusing on what you don't have, but it's focusing on what you do. My yeah. Deb had this sticky note in her house and it said 93, uh, 97, three. And she said, basically to stop focusing on the 3% and focus on the 97. Oftentimes yeah. we will let that 3%, the, the stuff that's going wrong, the stuff that's making us anxious, whatever, control 97% of our lives versus letting the uh, 97% eradicate yeah. 3% in our life, you know? Well, that's good. And I think about that. And once we release the lie, once we yeah. speak it out loud, once we confess it, once we ask people to walk the journey with us to breaking free of the lie and the imprison the imprisonment that it keeps us in once yeah. we fill our life with the truth that god gives there is such like you said freedom there's such freedom we feel lighter we operate in who god created us to be versus who we think people say we are who we think people want us to be we stop the telling of lies and order to try and get love or keep yeah. love or earn love. We stop beating ourselves up. We stop keeping ourselves 
hidden. We allow ourselves yeah. to be seen wholly, yeah. fully, and we open ourselves up to be loved and really, really loved. And there is no greater freedom than that. Yeah. And isn't that the point of our existence to get to live in the freedom of who God says we are? Isn't that what going back to like the control analogy, like, isn't that what we long for more than anything in this world? It's not control, it's freedom. And yet Christ has said, like you said, the truth will set you free. It's the only thing that will set us free is the truth. I think that was intentional in, in scripture. I don't think that's an accident that, that that's found so many times in the Bible. And so, yeah, this discussion has been incredible because I it reminds me of the freedom that is available to me, the freedom that's available to you, the freedom that's available to all of us um, that are a part of communion. And that would be my encouragement. And our encouragement is what are the lies that you're believing in your life right now? And and what truth do you need to replace those lies with? Because God does want you to be free. And we want you to be free. We love y'all. Like, I love you, T. Like, I want you to be free. And I know you get so mad when you see me operating in a lie and vice versa. And that is who we get to be in each other's lives. We get to be truth tellers in each other's lives. That is what this community is about, being truth tellers in each other's lives so that we can experience that freedom that Christ always intended for us. So, And I truly do believe that this is a step in the journey of reconciliation. We talk about reconciliation with God, self, and others. One of the first steps in that is the releasing the lie or the confessing yeah. the lie so yep. that we can replace it with truth. Yeah, girl. It's the reconciling with ourselves. Yeah. Which is so important. Whew, e and another one. Uh, <laughs> um, thank y'all thank y'all for listening thank you for listening as we so vulnerably share the things we're wrestling with and we're trying to figure out on this journey by no means do we have it figured out but as we try to figure it out I don't know that we ever will be um, we're always hoping to share that with you because we want the same yeah. you. we're on this together we're in this together we're in this together yep we are super. And don't forget, you guys, that we're having these discussions all the time in our Instagram community. And so if you're not following that, make sure you're following that. We're not just doing it to try to get more followers. We actually want this to be a community and we want to talk about things like this with you. And that's where we're at right now on social media. And then keep subscribing to this podcast so you keep getting alerted when we have new episodes coming out. So, T, I love you, girl. Thanks you, for girl. another great episode. And we love you. <laughs> All of y'all that listen. We love y'all. We do. And on that note, let the reconciliation begin. Thanks so much for listening today. Want to stay up to date with our episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast and newsletter on our website, come-union.com. Follow us on Instagram at come.union. Rather watch our podcast? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel at come underscore union. We are so glad you're a part of this community.